Welcome to Death Readers. I'm Doug. I'm Rob. This is episode 62 of Death Readers, the podcast where we read through the Harry Potter book series. This is season seven. And if you have listened to this far, you know that that means this is Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows. In this episode, we will be reading through chapters 10, 11, and 12. If this is your first time listening, we started doing this podcast a while ago because I had never read the books and Rob had read them and he was like, oh, they're so great. You should read them. And I was like, I've always meant to read them. Maybe I should. Maybe this is exactly how we'll read them. And maybe we'll do a podcast. Oh, so the podcast is your idea now. Segway to today, (laughs) where we are here and you can listen to all of the thoughts we've shared with each other in all the previous episodes <laughs> of this podcast broken men yep uh completely subjugated individuals. Wrecked shells of our former selves yeah <laughs> where, where grandness once stood lies nothing but desolate wastes yeah the uh butter turns to ash in my mouth nice or whatever. I think that's a line from something. Oh, the, the, turns to ash. Whatever. However, you can work turns to ash in my mouth. In yeah, you forget what I forget what that was. I think you're probably thinking of um, Pirates of the Caribbean. Was it? The apples turned to ash in my mouth. Or well, maybe that's maybe what it is. he's speaking for all of them. It wasn't about his little apple fetish, but he was like fool turn whatever. Barbosa, that kind of nut. I I probably do have some of that film in my subconscious. Sure, it's a great movie. Un- unconscious? Movie? It's a great movie. Man. It's Are unconscious if it's Freud. It's subconscious if it's post-Freud. He said like he's pretending to be knowledgeable. I, I won't even argue with it. If I, I feel like if I challenged you on that, it's like I'm fighting with my dad. <laughs> and I just don't want to do that because of Freud. Um, Jesus, that was, so, that was so slick. I didn't even... Because of Freud. Did you spell out? Yeah, no. Because of Freud. Yeah, no. Dad. Because of Freud, dad. (laughs) (laughs) Not because I'm not. Not because I'm fighting. I would fight with my dad, but because of Freud. Like it's just. (laughs) I just. I don't know. These. I don't know if people like these jokes. Like (laughs) I just. I feel like it's how my brain works. So I'm just gonna say it. Sure. Anyway, this is the podcast (laughs) where. So we are, uh, this, this is the the adventure we've gone on, and we are going to bring you into the fold with us with these, this episode. So, uh, is Come there any... Come with us, won't you? Yeah, please. Is there any uh, housekeeping? No. Not a lick of housekeeping. Then, I think we should move into chapter 10. Creature's Tale. Uh, I don't feel like I have that many notes this time uh for a second i worried that i did because i i skipped two pages when i when i turned the pages over and i'm like i've got four pages of notes but no i only have two but i do have two solid pages of notes i got some notes all right well then let's start my my first note is page 180 176 i think that believe that's you man uh this is actually kind of a non-note but i don't care because you'll see I had this whole thing about how magically assembled sleeping bags with six-inch deep cushy mattresses sewn into the bags, but the result is that you know, the outside of the bag is only a half-inch thick overall. I just didn't care. <laughs> I just, the whole, like, Ron gave Hermione the cushions, like, but couldn't they have magical... Uh, fuck it, I don't care. I did not understand what was happening in that sequence. He was being like, chivalrous. He yeah, was on the floor, that. he gave her the sleeping... Uh, the, the cushy mattresses... Or whatever, cushions. The cushy cushions. Mm. But hold on. I just, I I have a question. Okay. They're in number 12 Grim Old Place. Right. A place that we know has a room with two beds in it. 
they wanted to stay together. I feel like it's their first. Yes, night. they did. But like, and so was was that the story was Ron was on the floor on cushions or was Hermione on cushions? Hermione was on cushions, I think, of the couch, and Ron was on the floor at the foot of the couch, and they had been holding hands and fell asleep. Why weren't they in the bedroom with the two beds? Because they were all dusty and gross and not kept what? up by creature. Number twelve has been empty for a while. So the couch is not dusty. <laughs> like I don't like. But it, they can. I, it makes sense to me because <laughs> I remember the first place. Like I moved uh, when I moved out of my house with my with my with my friend from my hometown. He we we, we were going to be roommates in this place in a far off land of Phoenix. And he took his bedroom, and I looked at my bedroom. I'm like, it's creepy in there. I'm just going to sleep in the living room. Oh, that's cute. <laughs> well, I, but it's it's age appropriate. Wait, how old were you? I was like 19. I guess that's age appropriate, kind yeah. of. Um, still, like, I feel like they there. we already know from a previous book that there is a room with two beds in it that Ron and Harry both slept in. That at that time had been upkept by Mrs. Weasley. Against the machinations still, like, so, of creature. So what's the what's the problem then? Like, is it is it just dusty or is it just they're just I like mean, ew? It's probably where did Harry like, sleep? I, probably also on the floor. He woke up and looked over at his friends. It's true. I it, think that the house is not. Is big, there's saying. no fires in the grate. It's getting mildewy. They it, can literally just go fire and then they make fire. What? Like what? Like magic? Like they do in cha- in a chapter later. Like Hermione's like, just like, like flick with magic. The wrist. You think magic yeah. works for these people? Yeah. All like, of a sudden, or, or like. Don't they have like spells they can cast to be like clean up Dusto Reparo and then there's like the beds are like perfectly nice? No, because I feel like that's a thing. Because a lot of the grime has a permanent sticking charm. Oh, the grime has a permanent sticking charm. You know, there's a lot it's, of permanent it's sticking. Number twelve in that place. grime old place. It's not number twelve clean old place. It's certainly not. I just like I I I that I felt like that's part of the room or part of the like chapters in the description was hard to read and hard to like understand yeah, so i'm i'm fully in with your criticism okay i endorse it okay hundred thousand percent okay what's your next note 177 that's you uh i found it odd to have dudley painted as a hapless enabler all of a sudden dudley dudley let's see if i can find it real quick what i don't remember this it was just a one-off line but the tone of it threw me could Dumbledore have let such things happen? Had he been like Dudley, content to watch neglect and abuse as long as it did not affect him? It just... Weird. It, it, the tone felt different than the Dudley spoken of of old. Like, she wanted to have her cake and eat it, too. Like, Dudley's a good guy now in her mind, but he didn't well, I mean, have I... all those times of bullying, so if you just make it look like he didn't help, that's different than him being an active bully. I don't know, it just felt weird. I mean, it could also just be like, it's going to be hard for Harry to unlearn those feelings, you know, unlearn those feelings about like being frustrated with his cousin. Sure. That's what it was. Not bad writing. Like, I mean, no. Yeah. I mean, like, <laughs> no, it's, Harry a, even it's says, a good point. It's a good point. Harry has that moment where he's like, wow, Dudley, did you get a new personality? And Dudley's like, fuck you, dude. I, know, I was trying man. to, I was reach. I was extending the olive branch. I think yeah, Harry still got a lot of like, emo- like uh, arguably justifiably so, a lot of baggage and anger towards those people. So it, uh, that doesn't really surprise me. Uh, it's it's weird that that would be his comparison because I don't think it's the same. Right. Like, I don't think that like the the depiction of the mistreatment of Harry Potter isn't equivalent to the what at least so far we understand 
about what happened with Dumbledore's sister. So that's what you're talking about, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, I don't, I mean, I don't know, man. It seems odd. It does seem odd. I, I get, I get Harry's resentment, but I think it's an odd comparison. Maybe he's not very good at like similes mm-hmm. or metaphors, comparisons. You know, I'm sure, I'm sure that we, if we went back, we'd see something in the books where Harry's constantly making really bad comparisons. Like he's like, oh, this is, this is like, it's like a TV in a microwave. And someone's like, what? <laughs> what does that mean? And he's like, oh, you, you know, don't know. It's a muggle thing. We, we say all the time in the muggle world. Well, if you say, it's like, uh, it's like a, a cricket in your pudding. You know what I mean? You can't, you can't have your cricket if you don't eat your pudding. <laughs> and then the the person's like, what? <laughs> so what are you talking about? Did this just become Pink Floyd? No, it's inspired by, because, you know, because Britain. And then right, he's like, Britain. Well, Cause, you, you yeah, never, Britain. You, you never heard that, that expression? Y'all don't have music here in the wizarding world. I'm sorry, not everything is the fucking weird sisters. You ever heard of the Beatles? You ever heard of Pink Floyd? This is so offensive. <laughs> We, I could I make another call back. You ever heard of the Who? <laughs> God damn it. I can't go one day without... Roger Daltrey. It was Pete Townsend, you twerp. Pete Townsend. John Whistle. I don't have the other one. Keith Moon. Yeah, I forget him. What? Keith. Keith Moon. He's your wicked Uncle Ernie. My, I had a sixth grade... My sixth grade teacher was uh, John Whistle's like, niece or something. Oh. Like, grandniece. She hot? I no, no. I mean, like, no. <laughs> um, but like, I was also in sixth grade. I don't think I was at the. I don't think I was like. I don't think at that point I'd had a teacher that made me go. What's happening to my body right now? <laughs> so like, so like, I mean, no. Um, yeah. Um, the uh, so that's why I know that one is a point. The point is like, I know that he was in that band because she brought it up like the first day of class or something like have you guys ever heard of the who <laughs> yes it's true i know the rumors yes, have i know been what you're gonna say you know you all all of you, you sixth graders you know, love you, british 70s pop you, you sixth graders in the in the late 90s early 2000s you're gonna you know you know right off the bat if i say my name is ent whistle that you know who i am and who i'm related to so yes let's get it out of the way day one I mean, it's, I, I'm not trying to be mean. Like, I, I, I no. feel like I often come off like I'm being mean, but like, it's, it was just, it stuck in my mind f- forever that like, that was something that like stuck out. Cause I remember saying, I think I told my dad about it and he's like, oh, that is pretty cool. I like the who, like John Ellis was pretty cool. And I was like, oh, okay. I guess this is legit. I guess this, like, I, it was so strange to me because it's something like that had never happened to me. So I, I think I imagined it was like like a local band or something like some fucking band I'd never heard of. And like, and like no one had ever heard of. And she was just like, yes, by the way, my uncle was the drummer. And I'm like, uh, what, <laughs> what does he, this have to he do? He wasn't, with- he wasn't. Keith Moon was the drummer. Oh, I, well, whatever he fucking did. Oh I don't fucking know. What? It, well, see, you know more than I do. You should have been in her class. <laughs> I should have been in her class. You'd have been like, you want to talk about the who we'll talk all day. I've automatically decided you're hot because you're a sixth grade teacher. Um, I guess if that's your thing, if that's your scruples, 
Anyway, so yeah, that's a. Uh, what was I talking about? <laughs> why, why was I doing that accent for Harry Potter? Uh, analogies. Oh, yeah, he's just bad at them. Like, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I wonder if you went back and you reread it looking exclusively for that stuff. That if you'd find it. If you'd find, like, Harry just being really shitty at, at comparisons. If I could get through these books ever again. I don't know, man. I, I think, I bet you will. You I think? don't think, I think you're going to read them again. I think you're going to read them again and you're going to go, like, Oh, I've matured too much for this. <laughs> Actually, oh shit. There's, I think you'll have like a bittersweet feeling about it. I think it'll be like, there's still memories. Of, it's like what I talked about the whole last episode, this idea of like these, these memories about these positive feelings you did have at times in your life when you were reading them. Very you, true. You're not, you're not going to lose those. You're also going to just have added to it this like last bit of a hair on top of the cake, like of like, oh yeah. And there was that. Or and there was that one mold. time. That one, yeah, that one time I read them and Doug just ruined them for me. Thanks a lot, Doug, with your logic and your... I'm like the Michael Bay of your, like, childhood. Well, maybe the uh, Zack Snyder. I mean, it's. I think Michael Bay's done more damage than Zack Snyder. Well, we'll just have to agree to... Uh... Like, I guess if you're not if you're not into the Ninja Turtles or the Transformers, then, like... I mean, I was in the Hold Ninja Turtles... Hold on a second, Tur- I have to clarify that... They're called Transformers. They're not called The Transformers. I apologize. Continue. Uh, I was into them both enough. I didn't care about the Transformer. I didn't care about Transformers movie. Or I didn't see Turtles. Uh, but I liked The Rock. And I liked a handful of Meatloaf videos. So I'm good. Dwayne Johnson's not in any of those movies. I don't know what movie you watched. Are you thinking of Rocksteady? The Rhino? He was in the second Michael Bay movie, which I I, I liked better than the first one. Mm-hmm. Um mostly because of Baxter Bebop and Rocksteady. I like I liked I think that was a really good casting choice. I think Tyler Perry, that Tyler Perry did a great job as Baxter Stockman. I really liked Bebop and Rocksteady. I thought the Turtles design was stupid. And is still incredibly stupid. You like but, the elevator scat? Uh that was the first movie, oh, and I, I it was more of them. a beatbox than a scat. I suppose that's true. I really there's they have a <laughs> this is so silly. There's a this has nothing to do with Harry Potter. There's a uh, <laughs> it has a, everything to do with Harry Potter. There's a song on the album for one of those movies called it's either called Shell Shocked or Knock Knock. Mm-hmm. Cause that's the chorus and it's like a handful of rappers singing this, like doing this song. That's like, I think is a fucking banger. Like, I think it's a great song cause it's got all these like Ninja Turtle, like, uh, I guess puns might be the word. Mm-hmm. Like I'm trying to remember if I, if I have any of them in my brain so close to the surface without having listened to the song recently. Um, are you saying you own the soundtrack? I'm saying I own this song. <laughs> I've, oh. I, I own this song or it's on a Spotify playlist or something. Um, I think there's a part where somebody says something like bandanas on our face on, on my face like a gangster is is one of the lines. It's not a rhyme, but it's it's a line in this in the song and you know, I do know. Anyway, Harry Potter uh is is a total is a is a thing. Um we I I've tangented quite a bit. We can move on to the next note. What's your next note? 182. Mine's 180. Give it to me. And then, and then immediately after that, I have a 181. All right, let's and do then, this. So two in just, a row. We can just two in a row. I have a problem with the concept of a one-year-old Harry Potter zooming around on a magic broom. Yeah. 
for a handful of reasons. One, obviously, the one that's boring is the child safety issues. Oh, okay. Boring. I don't really actually care about that, but it's something I feel like it's necessary to bring up. The one I have a real issue with (laughs) is the idea that Harry, as a one-year-old baby, would be so dexterous and stable and good at balance that he would be capable of not dying on a baby toy broom that's the one that's always been my problem yeah like i i when i think about one-year-olds i don't think about things that can that can like play baseball they're holding like, I don't on the think couches about... to 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 practice their walking yes yes some are walking exactly. before that i get that but it's still pretty you're, it you're not holding felt... on to something to be zoomed about it it seems like giving a toy broom to a baby is like it's it's dangerous at best <laughs> And it's hacky fan service writing at worst. And that's where I feel like it actually falls. Because I feel like this is one of those like Harry Potter, the boy who lived and the boy who rode a broom before he could walk. Argument in its favor, though. Okay. There are little hobby horses, little turtles with wheels. I, seriously, but all of those are affixed to the ground. Like they don't require I, you I, to I, be. I, hold on. I wasn't done, done with my argument. God. My God. I'm so impatient. Miss Goosey. Similarly to those toys being affixed to the ground with gravity and wheels, the toy broomstick could have all sorts of charms on it to cushion and carry the baby along with it. Then why would she? Why would his mom be so amazed by his like aptitude on it? Because he's he's still you know navigating it, and just like a kid on those little tiny mini tricycles, you can still run to the cat or Petunia's vase. But he did those things. Right. That's what I'm saying. That's why you would, there's still an element of that kind of danger where James is running after him trying to trying to stop him. I don't feel like it works, man. I just don't feel like it works. I think you have to believe that it works. I'm not going to let it in your heart. No, I'm not going to let it go either. Broomcast. It's, that's what this is now. It's dumb. It's dumb backwards saying, oh, Harry Potter was so innately good at broom riding. Can't you tell? This is here now. That's how it reads to me. Okay. Well, maybe you're reading it again. Well, I'm going to go to page 101 then. Fine. 181. Um, okay. So I know that Harry Potter isn't the only orphaned protagonist in children's fiction. Yep. But after especially reading this chapter, it occurs to me, all things considered, all the previous books, etc., that perhaps in a conceited in, in a, as a conceit, I can say that perhaps one of the book's great values is its ability to equip children with a friend whose parents have died so that should they also have to suffer through their parents dying, mm-hmm. they like they they might have like in a sense, they might have like a friend who they know whose parents have also died that they can like not necessarily turn to. I wouldn't want to be that crass, but like. There's, an empath- there's a sort of empathetic connection. There's a, there's a like there's a, a roadmap to how how to process it and what you're expecting to deal with, like what you m- may come up with in the up in the coming years and life without having your parents. And I think that like if I'm right and that that is a thing that someone could get out of it or that everyone gets out of it, kind of only some people have to use it, then that is kind of cool, I guess. Best books ever. no that's that's a good observation i don't think anything i would have considered that's because i have a heart 
Yes. I don't look at my heart and go, oh, it's covered in dust. Better not use it. I'll just I use mean, my spleen for my emotions. you call heart, I call weakness, but sure. <laughs> oh, you who would consider your parents dying to be a tragedy. Sorry, what? Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't I don't know what that was, but okay. I'm I'm with you, buddy. Um No, my parents are great. <laughs> I just uh it, it just it, you know, it occurred to me just reading that this time like I don't remember exactly what it was which what was on page 181 that made me think that, but I I I like was just reading it and thinking like, man, if I was a kid whose parents died, was it his it, was it he reading his mom's handwriting? I don't think so, because I think that was kind of stupid. I thought the part where he was like, she makes the same G's as I do. And I yeah. was like, that's not something you would just do. Like, I think I think it is something you're looking for any kind of connection. I think if I think he's forcing a connection. I think he's looking at it and going, oh, yeah, like, oh, but yes, it's, yes. it's Okay. It's exactly like in Beaches, when the little girl notices her, mo- her, her hands are like her mom's hands, and then Barbara Hershey, who's dying, can't remember her own mom's hands. She's looking frantically through pictures, like, I can't remember her hands, and then... Bet Medler is like, and they hug, and oh, she's the wind beneath her wings, Doug. Okay. I'm saying that handwriting is nurture, not nature. So she would never nurtured him into handwriting, into penmanship. So there's no way that he would have a genetic predisposition to shape his G's the same way I'm she I'm not does. arguing it's logical or scientific. I'm arguing Good. it's so emotionally accurate. I think it's emotionally... Beaches. I don't agree with that. I think that this one is specifically emotionally silly. Even the beaches example is is nature versus nurture. The hands are something you're born with. That's a that's a thing that's passed down genetically. But she, that's not why she was she was looking because she needed that emotional connection. But it's an emotional connection based on like reason sure. and science. This isn't. I'm saying that 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 was happenstance. I'm saying Harry Potter is stupid. <laughs> <laughs> the best book is that going to go? You he's love very this book. very no as a person. As you were extolling these a, virtues. You were like, oh, yeah, no, he's an idiot. I was talking about the the, the a possible virtue of his character, sure. not his personality. Right. He, as a protagonist, he has this uh, capacity to help orphans, potentially, or to be the, a champion of orphans. But in this, like... I mean, we know that they don't teach science in Hogwarts. They don't. School's run by Betsy DeVos Umbridge. Gauntlet yeah. Throne. Yep, you're the first person to make that comparison. Okay, fine. Uh, Dolores Jane DeVos. You're breaking ground like an earthquake. <laughs> um, uh, Betsy Umbridge Dolores <laughs> DeVos. Okay, your note is on page 182. Yes, it is. Why did Dumbledore have that invisibility cloak? Hmm. Mm-hmm. I know why. What? No, you can't. I think I know why. Oh. I'm guessing I know why. Okay, my next note is not that 189. I think it's because it's a Deathly Hallow. A what so hudsa? And he was he was fiddling with them. And he was I know like, that's. I mean, we. That I mean, I guess that is the name of the book, but I don't know what those are. It's the name of the book, and no one's talked about them yet. <laughs> well, we're only what two some 200 pages 200 in? pages in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, why would you talk about it? Why would you talk about the thing that books titled after? Why? We're, we're, Harry we're, Potter we're and and the year he doesn't go to Hogwarts. How about that? Like <laughs> Harry Potter and his his uh, his break year. What was it called? Yeah, I was gonna make the same yeah, joke. Yeah, I couldn't a... think of it. Gap year. Gap year. Harry Potter and the gap year. Harry Potter and the gap year. 
not to be confused with Harry Potter in the Gap Years when he was working at the clothing um, manufacturer sale place in the mall for because he couldn't get a job as an or just felt it, sent it. <laughs> Talk about a reference that no one's gonna get. I got um, it. <laughs> you made it. I got it. It's not the same thing. Okay, what's your one eighty two? No, I said 189. My next note is 189. So if you have anything before that. No, I'm done. (laughs) I have an overview. So this is a note where a thought occurred to me, and we might have even um, touched on this before. I do not remember. Last time we were in Grimmauld Place in book five. But the passage I read when this occurred to me was, The sun had now risen. Its light dazzled them, even through the grimy landing windows. I think I imagine them opening the windows and looking out on, you know, Muggle London and and no one being able to see them because their house is hidden, but them seeing the world. And I'm like, why are these insane purebloods living among Muggles? Why do the black, staunch Muggle haters have a house, a townhouse next to Muggles on either side in the middle of Muggle London? Yeah. I think maybe we talked about this before. I don't remember, but it just it's still weird. I think you're right. It is weird. Like, that doesn't make a lot of sense to me either. I mean, like, especially considering that, like, where do, where do we remember where the, uh, well, are there technically, like, wizard cities? There are some wizards, uh, say Hogsmeade is the only full 100% wizarding township. Places we'll see later that are mostly wizards, like Godric's Hollow, clearly have muggles because of the aforementioned statistic I just listened, listed. Right. I don't think there's cities, or if there are, there's none in Britain. Hmm. Because it seems like everything is just sort of like, there's a little wedge between a couple doors or something, and it opens up into this larger magic place that muggles don't understand. But I mean, the Malfoys have their own estate that's just away from everyone. Is it? I just thought that's one of the things I was... Or or what about Little Whinging? Was that... Little Winging um, is, is is it's a made up place, but it's supposed to be a Muggle place because it's in Syria. No, that's not what the one I meant. I'm sorry. Oh. I, I meant um, where's the place that Voldemort's family had their mansion? Oh, shit. but that's another one. I think it's made up. It's supposed to be Little Hangleton. Little Hangleton. That's what yeah. it was. Yeah, um, that's supposed to be one but of even, those. Even that one that, that's described as having like essentially like you know Muggles nearby, right? I think I think Little Hangleton was the Muggle town. Yeah, it's but like it the, was like a little American werewolf village. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. And and but it has this like Lots house on a hill over there. Yeah, exactly lost, like lost that. Lost it there. Sorry, sorry. At the end. Anyways, what were you saying? No, I was saying the same thing. I was. I mean, I wasn't. But I was. You have the, the, the house that <laughs> the house was on the uh, on there on like a hill, right? Like kind of like overlooking the town right. or something. And that's why that's how that one dude who got killed uh, saw the Yeah, but it was still light. a Muggle house. Was it? Yeah, remember mm. the Gaunts, the wizards had the creepy little shack. They were the hillbilly folk. Oh, I don't remember, I guess. Well, that's why you're here. That's why you're for, here. Uh, Harry Potter and I don't want the to. Half-Blood Prince will start it over. I don't want to. Well, maybe maybe try retaining what you've read. Uh, uh, 195. <laughs> okay. Elf magic isn't like wizard magic. Good thing that's been established. Yeah. Has that been established before? I think it has, right? Oh, yeah. In book two. Because Dobby uh, apparates all over the place. Yep. So I'm saying and it's definitely Dobby not can, a retcon. Dobby can do magic, and they think Harry did it. Yep. 196. Okay. 
there is a kind of world building that leaves questions unanswered, and it's very engaging. Star Wars does this to great effect uh, before being ruined by later films, but we never learn what set Regulus off to turn him against Voldemort, unless that's written ex- you know, externally somewhere that I've not read on wizardingworld.net or whatever. Uh, and that seems like a shame, because oh. whatever is going on there seems really compelling. I, I thought it was that he tried to kill Creature. I thought it was that like Regulus figured out that Voldemort was just going to let Creature die as and like that that would have bothered Regulus quite a bit. Cause they seemed close. No, that's not a bad point. It it seems so disconnected. Let me just look through that real quick. I still feel like there's something left out because Master Regulus was very worried when he came back. Mm-hmm. Uh told Creature to stay hidden and not leave the house. And then, a little while later, he came to find Creature in his cupboard, and he was strange, not as he usually was. Maybe maybe you're right. Maybe he went and learned all about the Horcrux and then came back and got Creature to exact his revenge. And that's that's not a bad point. Yeah, I mean, like... But it was... You're right, though. No, your too point's clever valid, for me too. To, to parse. Well, no, I think you're, 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 you make a good point, like, that there is this sort of, like, void there. I mean, I don't know. Maybe you're leading me on and they explain it later. It would be weird for them to drop it and never bring it up again. But like, also it, it might not be important, but like, I, I could be forgetting something. It's, that's a very good point. I could, I could, there could be a line that I've missed or forgotten or, or misremembered. We'll have to wait and see, I guess. Yeah. Okay. Uh, 198. Good thing. Hermione is there to explain away elf behavior. Or I might think that this is a plot hole. <laughs> I like. I kind of like it though. I like the way that like she finally says like, "Has anybody tried being nice to elves?" <laughs> like basically, <laughs> like why has anyone like given that a chance? Like let's just tr- let's just try it. Like, are you like? I I kind of liked it. She was like, "Are you listening to this person?" Like he's saying like he's mistreated all the time, and the one person that treats him well, he was nice to. Like they like it's not that crazy to say that there are people who like being treated well <laughs> i definitely have like, more to say on this in the next chapter but oh okay <laughs> um yeah but like i mean it's, it's different when you're talking about a fucking slave but like we'll, we'll, we'll get to it okay sorry <laughs> i mean you kind of brought it up but okay um that's it for my notes what's your overview i i mean at the end of these chapters i felt i felt worse for creature like i felt worse for the slaves who were already treated really horribly in this series and it just made me wonder what was the point like why do we need to feel worse for these things like i've already this entire series felt really bad for them maybe i mean are are there readers who are so dense that they don't understand how awful this is and they really needed her to like paint this whole like a very well written story about how someone could be treated very horribly and then like so, so just to get those last stragglers around who don't understand that it's like his life is awful, like to, to see it, like it felt like it felt like a, you know, like a sledgehammer when you need like a needle. I mean, as evinced by news every single day, uh, I think we do need sledgehammer sometime. Yeah, but I don't I don't maybe maybe that's the thing. Maybe this is the kind of situation where she was like this is my last ditch to get those people who might still think slavery is cool to to understand how bad it is but it's like man i don't feel like you're the person to talk about that because you've done a terrible job but i'll tell you what ex- don't don't you worry everything will be answered in the next chapter oh it better be oh it better be because the next chapter is the last chapter no i meant the next chapter oh okay that we're going to okay. cover 
Right, right. Right. Um, anyway, that's my note. That I think that then brings us to chapter 11. The bribe. Bankruptcy. What? Oh, God damn it again. I got you. Uh, One last time. Fuck. One last time. That's an old callback. Damn it. Just face, smacked in the face with it. <laughs> you didn't see it coming at all. No, I didn't. Uh, my first note is uh, page 209. Well, don't you worry, because I got a lot more here, too. Good Lord. <laughs> 202. All right. Wizarding Wills. Wouldn't someone... Like Will Wheaton? No. That would be Wizarding Wills. Wouldn't someone sent to Azkaban for for life uh, forfeit all their property and legal status? How could they no. escape from Azkaban and then will things to people and leave them fortunes and houses and buy brooms? And is Wizarding Law based on Tor Network? Isn't that the way our laws work? Like, just because you commit a crime doesn't mean the state gets to take your property. Like, Does Unless the... No, not in the... If the no. Like, if the if the crime... Like, if that was the case, like, Roger Stone would instantly be up impoverished. Like, you know, all, all these people, like, who get arrested who are, like, high-profile celebrities would have nothing. Like, I, I, it depends on, like... Like, okay, there's a handful of things. One, you could... The reasons that the state or, like, or the federal government could seize your property is if it was used in a crime, if it was part of... Like, if you had, like, a fine... Mm-hmm. That you had to pay, but you couldn't. They could seize your property in lieu of that fine, and then auction that property off to pay for the fine. But just like, like murderers don't lose their property outright. Like they may have it seized by the bank if they can't continue to make mortgage payments. Okay, no, that's a fair point. That's which fair point. Would, which would make sense. Okay, okay. Let me reword my proposition. Okay. The Wizarding World, as uh thick-headed as it is should be built that way and it's bad writing to suggest that it's not <laughs> why should it be built that way Wh- which way uh, uh the in that in that in that feudal kind of way that you've you've committed a crime all your assets are mine oh do you think that makes more sense somehow for everything else that's presented yes okay i i don't i don't i guess i don't understand what it was that makes you think that makes more sense but that's fine i don't okay. know i feel like i feel like i'm spiraling <laughs> Out of control. <laughs> page 202. Okay. Do you have a page 202? I have a page 209. Okay. Deluminator. Just a reminder that it exists. No, capital oh, D. Oh, is it capitalized? Yes. <gasps> I didn't, I wasn't on the lookout. I got you back. Dang. I thank you so much for being there for me. It's capitalized again. Yep. Wow. Weird. Uh, 207. Okay. There's the part where they're talking with Lupin, and he's describing all the horrible things happening, and I think it's Hermione. He says, but surely people realize what's going on, and that just that just hurt to read, because it's something I've heard a lot lately. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. And it's just, it's just like yeah. that, that, that belief that for cool-headedness, or for lack of a better word, common sense would prevail. It's just, ugh. Okay, what's your 209? <laughs> I uh yeah man I don't I don't know man it certainly uh I, I I can't tell you I wasn't seeing similar things like I wonder how many people who are reading these books when they came out was like well this is so far-fetched it could never be this easy to do something like deliberately sabotage uh pandemic relief to 
in an attempt to like blame democratic governors for the failure mm-hmm. like uh, that's far-fetched like that's that's stuff of fiction <laughs> like what is this the west wing like this isn't like this isn't realistic um uh, anyway fuck everything <laughs> fuck um, everything 209 <laughs> when they were describing like this idea this fear this scare tactic again it just reminds me so much of right now <laughs> this 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 description of this scare tactic that the ministry is using that's like they're convincing you that that they're they're making the argument that there are mudbloods out there who or muggleborns whatever who may achieve their wizarding powers through theft like this concept is floated that they could steal magic from honest pure blood wizarding folk mm-hmm Okay, so let's presume that that is happening. So does that mean that this is something that the a bunch of like seven year olds are doing? Like I think later she mentions that magic sort of manifests around seven, and then then at eleven you end up going to Hogwarts. So like you're telling me that the argument is there's a whole bunch of scary seven year olds who are out there taking without knowledge of how to use magic or wands or anything, but are somehow overcoming a bunch of wizards and or witches and stealing their magic abilities mm-hmm. somehow and also this is never reported this these this magic theft is never reported but and then that's the part that makes me sad about the, re- the reality of right now is like holy shit people do believe shit that's as stupid as that i think un- i i feel like we have we <laughs> go ahead we have babies in cages, is what yeah. I'm saying. Like right now, it's the same. It's literally the same thing. Unfortunately, like these are baby criminals, and people are like, "Yeah, that's they broke the law. <laughs> they should be in cages." And like, and we've done it before in this country. Like, I I don't want to do this, but like, it, it I don't want to get into it. But it, like, that's the idea that there are people out there who are like, I don't see the problem with this. Or I don't see why this should stop or have been stopped a year or more ago. Like, and seeing it written in this book, like, it's it's frustrating because I, I feel like I'm seeing some of those things that people are talking about when they say these books age better. They, like, they, they start tackling these, like, I don't know if this is only because of the last four years, though. Like, if, if I would have this perspective if I read them when it came out. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what I'm really kind of saying. Like, this is, like, 1984 at a certain level. Like, this is... This was written for children at such a basic level that children could understand how it was corrupted. But this is the shit that adults don't see happening in their everyday life. And they write it off like, that's, but that's okay. Like, this shit's okay. The way that the country's going is okay. Our our government is not, like, actively hurting citizens. Our government isn't, act like, uh, apparently ignoring the bounties placed on American soldiers by another fucking nation. Like, we're not just ignoring that kind of shit. Anyway, it it's it the thing that like strikes me about it is that I wonder if this book specifically is striking if I'm getting if I feel like I'm giving it a good not necessarily review but like I have positive feelings about it because we're living in these crazy fucking times. And if I had read them 15 or 20 years ago, like 15 when this one came out, I guess, or close to it, um if it would have 
felt the same or if I would have if I would have been more critical of it as like a fantasy story or this is unrealistic this is ridiculous because that's where my note comes from like my note comes from a place of saying like I like this idea that these the wizards are being convinced that there's a bunch of magic thieving seven-year-olds running around overwhelming and overpowering wizards and taking their magic I don't honestly know if that was her intent I feel like it's a different thing that does still happen at least it seems anytime I've read about a totalitarian government, people demand answers for why are you doing this horrible thing? And they just like, here, this is why that's all I'm saying on it. And it's a ridiculous answer that has no bearing in real life. And it's not logical, but that's all it's given, which is also happening every day right now. Yeah. Yeah, man. It's, but of course there will be other people who don't think any further than that. Like, well, that's the answer from the government. So it must be what it is. I think I think what it more more I think more than that it's people are like well I'm not being I don't feel like I'm being like like uh, subjugated or like oppressed I'm not feeling oppressed right now so it must it must be not really happening there must be a good reason behind what they're doing empathy is learned and we need to go to summer school (laughs) um yeah I think that's true um empathy is it I mean, I think you're right. I think if you like, if you look at children, they're not necessarily like innately empathetic. No. Cool. Uh, cool. 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 What's your next note? T twelve. I don't have any more of this chapter, so um, go for it. I'll come climb back out of that. Uh, I really like this part with uh, which part Lupin being a coward and Harry just tearing him the fuck down. I have always liked this. I still always like this. Every time I come through this, I'm like, nope, this is fantastic. I don't know, man. I feel like, I guess I feel like I understood what Lupin was dealing with. Like, I feel like he he deserves a lot of credit for being like honest about like the situation. Like he's like, I should like, I don't know, man. It's tough. (laughs) No, I, I maybe, maybe I'm not convey. I, I agree with everybody's emotional states. Um, I guess I don't understand Harry's like Harry feels like he was just kind of being vindictive and he was playing it off like he was trying to Harry is so shocked because he sees the bigger picture in this one instance Mm. and he's like what the fuck are you talking about and Lupin has been carefully cultivating his own narrative and seeing it only this one way that it's kind of a you know cold water in the face when Harry calls him out on it. And it gets to the point Harry is so mad because he's personally, if it touches a nerve for him, he calls him a coward and Lupin overreacts and it's a big thing, but I still like it. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I felt the tension. Like, Harry and Lupin are having some moments in this book. Like, this is not the first time. Like, That's it's, true. It's really interesting. Like, and I'm sure that Harry gets through to him and he and he protects his pregnant wife and everything works out for them. Um. Yeah, for a bit. For a bit. Yeah, yeah. it does. Um, it does, though. It works out perfectly fine. Totally for them like in a sense the book doesn't go back and say oh lupin might have been right i don't know if that's the case maybe i'm wrong but it certainly seems like the thing i think i know about what happens to those characters would indicate that it nothing mattered (laughs) well i would say that you're wrong lupin was not right that tonks is not in danger because he's a werewolf okay fine fair enough Fair enough. Semantics. What do you got Uh, next? 219. Unless I'm very much mistaken, still no bribe. (laughs) What the fuck is this talking about the bribe? 
This chapter is called the bribe, isn't it? Is it? Is it? This is my last note too. So I'm like, is it? Is is the bribe giving creature the locket? Which I guess you could kind. That seems more yes. like a peace offering. It's not a bribe. So why is it yeah, called the bribe? Yeah, I don't know. It's very odd. But before I even ha- had that thought, now I was just like, why is this called the bribe? Well, wouldn't that locket free him? Uh, no, it's jewelry, not clothes. It's an accessory. Is that real rules, or did you just make that up because you? I'm just saying I know how accessories work. I accessorize. I cinch it. I belt it. That seems strange. Because then don't they give him a fluffy like like house coat later? No. Yeah, he comes in like wearing a really a white a pure white clean like fluffy house coat or something. No, I think I think he comes in wearing a cleaned towel or or oh, pillow a towel? case or something. He's just he's done laundry. That's all it is. We'll we'll get to that. I think that's the next chapter still. Okay, fine. Okay, so that's the end of that chapter then. That's the end of it for me. Do you no more notes, no overview. Not for me. Okay. Uh that just brings us to chapter 12. Magic is might. 225. 224. Oh, damn it. It's not like it's actually more of an it's it's a note that I wrote on this page but it spans the whole chapter and I didn't I was going to like cross it out if it uh-huh. came up. Uh-huh. But my question is, well, where's Mundungus? Oh. Like they end the chapter with like him on the floor and fighting him with him or whatever or talking to him, and then the next chapter he's not there at all. I mean, they got what they he's needed. He's completely from gone. Yeah. Did yeah okay. I guess we have to fill in those blanks. Um, he <laughs> seems to be there. Obvious. We don't we don't ever read about Harry taking a ship, but we know he does. So do we? Yeah. We don't know that. That's why oh the Twitter God. thing you happened. See every single second of their life written down. No, I'm saying that like she has. In in retrospect, gone back and explained shitting like she's already done that. <laughs> Shit, damn it! Because she was like, "Oh, I guess this is a thing I never address, and the fans need to know." Okay. Uh, shit. Um, We've talked a lot about it. We have. I don't know what to tell you, man. Like, I don't know. It seems, to, uh, I don't know what to tell me either. <laughs> I I just don't I don't know why it happened because my my other note that I crossed out on the same page. Was where the, like the chapter transitions from the whole month of August to September, and the in the last chapter they were talking about eating moldy bread, and I was like, how the fuck are they getting food for this whole time? And then they make shopping. a big show. That's that's what I figured out too. Oh, but like they make this whole show about creature feeding them this grape soup and all these different stews and things like that, and it's like okay, so clearly he's able to go out. And then I had a, sort of another thought about like, well, where are they getting the money from? Like, where's Creature getting the money to buy this stuff? And then I was like, if the Blacks have money that Creature has access to, okay, cool. Harry's got the money, remember? Right, but wouldn't, don't you think that, like, the Ministry would know that he has a, like, a vault? I tried to address this earlier, and you shot me the fuck down, so I don't know what you want from me. How about recap, because I don't remember. When I said, is Wizarding Law based on the Tor network? That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying, because Harry's not dead. Harry's not dead, and they're trying. They're trying to seize his assets. But clearly, I'm saying, like, like Sirius Black can buy a very expensive broom and be an escaped prisoner. Harry's got methods of getting money out of the bank. It's probably. I don't think that that is it's clear. Probably tied into the ownership of Number Twelve Grimold Place. He just has to like they're, you know. No, no. Apple think of it this ID. way: they're watching. They're watching all the locations that they think an, a member of the order would be at, and right. they're watching. They're watching Number Twelve Grimold Place. They're watching all these other things. If they knew Harry had a vault in uh, Gringotts. Gringotts they would like have somebody standing outside waiting for it. No. Or they would just empty it and take no. all the money. No. 
Why? Because Why no? I don't think it works that way. I don't think I think I think there's probably some sort of the household is tied to the vault and creature just goes to the wizard supermarket. He operates there without leaving the house. And but then why would anybody need to go to the vault ever? Why would that have happened in the first book if you could just get the money? Because Harry didn't have property to have his vault tied to. He hadn't been willed it from Sirius yet. What happened to the ownership rights of the house in where they died? That's probably also Harry's. He does nobody. He has been to Godric's Hollow. Oh, that's silly. Nope. That makes sense. Nope. (laughs) Best book ever. It's just silly that at, at no point when he becomes a wizard that everyone's no one's like, oh, by the way, you own a house. A couple of them. <laughs> You're you, loaded. You own, you own this house. You own this other thing. Also, later you'll own a bigger house. Yeah. It's weird. Where do where do do we know if like Ginny and Harry live in one of those houses as adults? Does that get revealed in one of the? Well, books? I don't know or why Harry and Ginny would be living anywhere together. Um, but they they're broken up. That's over. Well, they're certainly not going to die together. Uh, we don't know that. I'm going to get to the end of the book. I do. I know that. Um, I don't know if I know where they're living. Because I think, like, I could I could see Harry and Ginny living at number 12. But I also, like, because I, I can't really see them justifying living at at uh, Godric Hollow. Because it's like, that's where his parents died. <laughs> like, if he, if he actually owns the, that house. That's not the only thing his parents did there. Ew. I still think that they should fucking go away. No. Ew. Um... That house should, if it was me, I would be like, I don't want that house in my life at all anymore. Like, I would make my, my pilgrimage there, and then I would fucking walk off, walk, walk off. But another question, like, okay, let's say, is it just abandoned? Is it, are they paying their mortgages still? Like, for Godric's Hollow, or? Yeah, for Godric's Hollow. We'll find out. I'm sure well, no, we, we won't. will. We'll, I'm sure we won't. I'm sure we won't. We'll go there, more questions will be raised, and then we will know nothing about it. Well, Two, that's all my notes. <laughs> 225, are you kidding me? There's something else to talk about. 225, are you kidding me? There's something to talk about. 225, are you kidding me? Okay, go for it. Auto-tune that, listeners. Remix it. Send it back. Welp, there it is. If you're just nice to your slaves, then it's all okay. (laughs) These books aren't anti-slavery. They're anti-mean slavery. Oh, mean slavery. If you just, like, you know, if if slaves really liked being slaves, if you, listen, if you watch, go out and find a little movie called The Song of the South, mm-hmm. and you'll hear mm-hmm. how, you'll hear how much oh. slaves <laughs> loved being slaves. God damn it. And, and who, who better to tell you that no. than Walt Disney? <laughs> and, and to tell you, like, how, how great it really was. If you think about it, like it's kind of awesome, right? Like you have, like you don't, you don't have to pay for anything. Think of it that way. Imagine having everything you need, and you don't have to pay for anything. Who wouldn't volunteer for that? Never mind I mean, that the like this 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 narrative comes from a person who's at this point in, at that point in time immensely wealthy and also maybe fucking insane. Um. <laughs> um I mean, okay. Two points to this that I can think of. Uh, arguably, Dobby would have been happy as a house elf and shit if the Malfoys had been nice to him. And the only reason he ever wanted emancipation was because they were mean and kicked him and shit. Like, yeah, maybe Creature would have eventually gotten there. Yeah. Like, well, he was. He, being, he, he totally yeah. betrayed him just like Dobby did. Yeah. And instead of tricking uh, someone tricking Harry into giving him clothes, Harry was instead was nice to him. Yeah, that is a really, like... 
gnarly twist. And there's only about two more mini arcs involving house elves in this book. That That's pretty much the cap on the slavery bit. That's it. Really? Unless I'm mistaken, that part is closed. There you go. She answered it. You happy? I feel like if you take away the idea of them being slaves, mm-hmm. like it's it's like a nice thing to be like yeah if you're if you're like again, same thing with that book ron gets like if you're nice to people they'll be nice back to you they'll like having someone be sure. nice to them like make it but like make it like a dryad situation where the house elf is a manifestation of the house and that's why he's tied to the house right and he can't right. leave the house it's not the family he's not a slave he's not beholden to the family he's tied to the house and that's why he's there that would make sense and be in keeping well, with that's... the legend of house elves and why he's helpful and does shit yeah, that's what we talked about in the episode, sure. right? We talked about house elves in the, or one of the earlier books, in the second book or something. And I mentioned, like, looking up house elves in, like, Iceland or something. And it was like, they get called house elves because that's where they live. Right. They live in your house. They're they're sized appropriately for a house. Um, you know, you just other kinds of fairies and elves that live in different other spots. I mean, I'm and not exactly sure. You could exactly have the sure exact same arc and not have to have the slavery aspect. But it's because I agree. She, she had to have Dobby complain about about you have to use the word slave to explain how badly he wanted to get away in the second book that's made this whole well, thing well you're kind of presuming that that's why she used the word slave i feel like i, I can, think it, i can backwards engineer this I, i'm not saying it doesn't make sense i'm just saying like i don't i still i'm not willing to give her the answer oh sure i'm not okay. willing to i'm not willing to tell her what i think she meant i think she owes it to me <laughs> to tell me what the fuck she why this had to be a slave like, why slavery had to be a thing that was brought into this story. Well, I'm saying if she paid me a considerable sum of money, I would be her filter and would translate her speech or, I don't know, tweets uh, for the whole world, say, maybe weren't so problematic. I think there's a market maybe. for that. Nah. Nah. <laughs> she's not going to get, she's not going to lose any money over any of this. <laughs> It's not going to change shit. Those fucking people are like, oh, Harry Potter has no author. <laughs> that, I can't wait like, to go. To, I, I can't wait to go to Universal Studios, though, and get my fucking wand from Ollivander's. I'm not saying. I, I'll, here's what I'm saying. Problematic there's takes nothing, on all things. There's no more of a Harry Potter fan thing to do than to want to have your cake and eat it, too. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> there's nothing more like in line with these stories than to be like, I hate this thing, but also I love it. <laughs> you ain't wrong. It just ain't. What's your next note? 226. Early on, I wrote Merlin's pants. Pretty funny. <laughs> uh, when Ron okay, tries to bring have... it back, I was a little annoyed, but that was pretty funny when Hermione did it. Okay. That's interesting. You say that I hated it. Oh, really? Um, I hated it because I had a thought about it that was like, it's another one of those things where like Hermione is muggle-born. Why would she say something like that? It should. It doesn't make sense that that's part of her vernacular. It's the first time in book seven that we've heard this phrase ever. It's not something that's so ubiquitous that she would have like picked it up. No, it's not. It's not like mudblood. It's not like no, you're right. It's 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 just it makes no sense that she would have these like wizardy turns of phrases that like we've never heard anybody else use. It would work if it was Ron because he comes from that world. That's not why it's funny. So you, let, let's ex- <laughs> let's extrapolate. 
Let's extrapolate. Okay. Hermione spent seven years in this world listening to these wizarding turds of phrases and trying to file them away. So Shut have up. we. And so have we. Shush. We have spent one year. We've spent seven books, the equivalent of her seven years. Not at all. We don't, again, not everything, that sh- not everything that's transpired have we written about. She's flowered into a young woman. We haven't heard anything about that. Yes, we have. That's true. Um, point is, <laughs> I feel she's heard these wizarding turns of phrases and then tried to come up with the next one. Like, 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 <laughs> like, like those AIs that have been fed books and then write books that are almost intelligible. And in and, and, and a sputtering moment, her brain just shoved this together and she was mad. She threw it out there. And that's why Ron was taken aback. He's like, that's not a thing. We don't we don't say that. That's not how I read what Ron said. What oh, I, no, you're how wrong, I read what, what Ron said was like, oh, man, that's like saying motherfucker. No. <laughs> like, that's the worst curse. That's why he brings it back later when he's like Merlin's wife fronts or whatever. He's he's kind of like. Wife fronts. Is that a thing that anyone I, I says about British pants? Thing. Yeah. Ugh. Or, or, or about, you know, like the cut about the. Because your legs yeah. come out of the Y. Yeah, yeah. It's like the crotch. Learn to speak American is what I'm saying. Well, no, because she's proved that if you speak British, you can make money. It's that funny colored paper money, but it's money. I mean, I was making, I was speaking British earlier, and I well, didn't make any money for it. I mean, it. but you, you were, is equivalent of Merlin's pants, what you were doing. It's like a pant, if Merlin was wearing pants. Oh, God. Wait, wait, he's a, you see, he's a wizard, is famous for wearing robes. So if he's wearing pants, you must know it's a it's a real fucking tosser of a day. Listener, I am so very sorry. I don't know what that is that I just did. A tosser of a day. Yeah. <laughs> See, I'm making it. Up. It's a new thing. You know, <laughs> it's a Cockney rhyming slang because it's a fucking you know figure it out. Not my job to teach you. <laughs> Not my job to educate you to be more sensitive to my culture. <laughs> That's amazingly awful. So great. Okay. Um, Two twenty-six again. Okay. The Caros come back into the story, also known as the brother and the sister. Yeah, I figured out that's who they were talking about. Mm -hmm. Still dumb. Mm -hmm. Yeah, still dumb. Um, I'm like the idea that like, oh yeah, we'll just put the people who were actively in the school attacking students in positions of authority and Mm -hmm. expect none of the students to recognize them. And it made me think, like, okay, let's say I did recognize them and I did know that. Would I have the presence of mind to know, like, oh, shit, I shouldn't say anything. I've just got to survive now. Or would I go tattle and then get fucking busted and sent to Azkaban or something? I mean, I feel in the wake of Dumbledore's death, the accusation of Snape killing Dumbledore and the Caros being there probably made its way into the Daily Prophet before everything was controlled by Voldemort. So... All this stuff is known widely, and they still have enough power and clout to be like, oh, no, that was just wrong. They're in charge of your children now. I, I don't know. I mean, the Daily Prophet before Voldemort took over was just shitting on Dumbledore. Like, Rita Skeeter's spending chapters in this book just talking this about book. how... Or, well, I'm yeah, talking, I'm talking, talking about, about the, 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 like, five days between the last book and this it book. It is only five days. Yeah. It, re- it really is a short amount of time. So I don't, I don't know, man. I don't know if I believe that that... That she would have. I, I. It doesn't matter. I mean, it's she's. She didn't say it happened. So like, it. Maybe it did. Maybe it didn't. Merlin's pants. Merlin's pants. Um, and two thirty nine is my last note. Oh wait, is it? It's my last note, but it. It also. 
<laughs> and I also undercut myself. And that was, oh, I wonder why that wizard's so insistent that he goes to work today. Oh, yeah, And then yeah, it was yeah. explained, and I was like, oh. <laughs> I thought that was explained yeah, later. I was, I was thinking the same thing. I was like, oh, that's a really weird thing to push into this story. And then, like, there's all these little hints about, like, why isn't he wearing his blues? And, and like, all this other stuff. And then it's like, oh, shit, it's because his wife is about to get tortured. And you guys made him puke his brains out. It's like, no, I can't leave it. He was really vexed. I feel really bad for that character. Like, I... I it, it was this it's one of those moments where I think I've mentioned this before like she has this weird tendency to mix comedy and horror true and this is like one of those moments where she it is like she's making these jokes she's making these funnies about Ron being like what about my wife I've got to go save my wife and they're like it's not your wife it's his wife and he's like oh yeah I know but like what like well it's possible things might work out okay I'm sure they do, but, like, it's just, it's this weird thing she does where she, like, mixes jokes and terrifying, and, like, real scary shit, right. like, shit that's, like, not, like, playful scary, right. not, like, childish scary. Right. Like, I'm gonna go torture your wife now, so go make my office stop raining. What the fuck? Like, <laughs> that's so intense. I'm trying to think of a, of a, of another, of a parallel to that, and I, it's another famous whimsical children's book. Uh, James and the Giant Peach. James and the Giant Peach. I'm singing with the giant caterpillar, but also something, something, the Holocaust. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what that book's about. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I remember loving the movie, but mostly because it was like stop motion. I remember loving the stop motion yeah. as a kid. Yeah, that's interesting. That's, most kids don't like stop motion. Again. Most kids are like, well, that's I think janky it, it, and moves wrong. I remember, well, it came out to me around the same time or like uh, relatively close to like Nightmare Before Christmas. Two, years, and I two knew... years later, I believe. It was directed by the same yeah. director. Jack Skellington shows up in it. Oh, I should rewatch it. You should rewatch um, it. He's, a, he's one of the pirate skeletons in the bottom of the sea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I remember like feeling like the, that connection, like that style, that look, that enjoyment was what was great about it. Mm-hmm. Like it was like, oh man, it's just like this other thing. It's so great. Um. I don't know. What am I supposed to interpret out of you saying that you don't think most kids like stop motion and that I did? What are you trying to sig- imply about me? That you're strange and unusual. Like Lydia Dietz and Beetlejuice. But not Beetlejuice the musical. Mm. Which I enjoy. But you don't have to. So her parents just die, right? Like No. Well, her mom's her mom died. I, her mom opens the musical with dying. Um, but is well, What about the two people? Like the, the Alec Charles Baldwin. Charles and Delia, Charles' new wife. Yeah, they die, right? No. They're there at the no? end. Because remember, he's making tea, and he's like, oh, sounds... Or he's in his study. They're not he's like, dead? oh, sounds like Lydia got an A on the science test. And they're not dead. Right, and then she shows up... Uh, what's her name? Catherine O'Hara shows up with a sculpture of Beetlejuice, the snake version, and it comes into frame, and Charles goes, wah! And she's like, he likes it. I didn't like that and movie. And they cut back um, to, jump in the line. I'm not going to do that. Okay. I believe you. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, I kind of liked these chapters, yeah. I guess. Like, I guess. I don't know. I think I, I found these, like, sort of moments in them that, like, the one about Harry being an orphan and the uh, the stuff about the slave. Like, the, these little, like, nuggets of, like, what things I thought were really cool. Mm-hmm. And, like, I, the trouble I'm having is, like, I guess you may have to read the two to 3,000 pages before to get to this point to really feel why these moments are so impactful. Mm-hmm. 
But I just don't know if that makes them worth it. Like, I don't know if that makes... Like, if you judge the series as a whole, is uh, even at this point, we haven't finished yet, but is it a good series if most of it is crap, but the end, like, she actually starts to write? Like, she... she I, I Not by any metric that I've heard of. Like, when people say, oh, this show is the best, but the first four seasons are crap, but if you stick through it, the last one's great. You're like, no, I don't want to do that. I think that, like, the first half of most TV shows are, like, not where when they get good. Right. So, like, the first first season of, like, the first six episodes or something. Like, if you, especially if you watch, like, The Office. Like, American Office, first season is almost entirely, almost entirely just redoing episodes from the British version. Mm-hmm. Like, which does not work. Right. And eventually they move into doing their own thing and then it becomes fantastic. It's funny, I feel Parks and Rec is very similar. Like, I don't even watch the first season. I just jump right to the second. I mean, it's the same with Community. I feel like the first half of the first season is odd. It's like, odd. Anything where, anything where Troy is a football player yeah. makes me feel uncomfortable. Anytime they try to force that aspect of that character and because and Donald Glover plays it like so mean. Mm-hmm. Like, whenever he's in football Troy mode, he's like dismissive and mean and shitty to Annie or, or Britta or whoever, or Abed. Mm-hmm. He's just, he's superior. He treats them poorly. Um, there's that episode where he like gets on the football team and then they never have a football game ever again. Anyway, that all of that. And they eventually abandon that stuff. Right. Is how it seems. But like that, like I, I, I think like for, for most really good shows, the second season's really good. However, you sometimes have the complete opposite. Like, uh, Stranger Things season two is terrible, but the first season I think is probably like really good. Like it might be a standalone as a standalone thing. If you just watch that, it might be really good. It's okay. I, I I remember not loving it, and then whatever reason getting hyped for season two, and so I rewatched it and I liked it better. But then I dumped out of season two, and I, it's just not for me. Yeah. So you're probably right. Um, I'm just probably a snob. Mm. No, Rob, you're not a snob at all. That I yeah, that's why I said. Yep. Um, do you have any more notes about anything? Anything you want to say? I don't. Well, that brings us to a new word alert. What? It's back. New word alert. You get one. Okay. Shit. You get one word, so make it count. Well, maybe I have a new word alert too, then. Do you? I don't. All right, you ready? Yep. Here it goes. Sonorous. Oh. Again? Sonorous. Isn't that like pleasing to the ear? Mmm. Skexy. Mmm. Smell like Gefling. <laughs> um, let me look at all the definitions before I say no. Okay. Not really. Oh. Um, it basically is a, it's, it's an adjective that means producing sound or Full or loud of in sound, or yeah. imposing or impressive in effect or style, or having a high or an indicated degree of sonority. I always thought there was a um, an aspect of pleasure. Oh no! I think if you look at it like a sonar, it's a word that, that like comes sure, from no, sonar. I, get it, but or, or... I don't know for whatever reason that that was like it was like it was like happy sonar. Happy sonar. Happy sonar. Yeah, you know, all the, like, how those, you know, whales are so psyched to be <laughs> down in the ocean where submarines are pinging their brains with their sonar and stuff, like. Well, no, that's, um, that's just onerous. Sure. Yeah. 
That's no, no, uh, that's no, no risk. No, no, no risk. Well, that's all I've got. Okay. Uh, the one I had was, uh, plangentines. Plangentines. Which is the fruit picked by, uh, Bethelda Bagshot in Rita Skeeter's excerpt. She was, oh, that's the, great. She was harvesting him. Well, no, 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 it's not because they're not real. They're fucking. Oh, okay. That's what I assumed. They magical. weren't real, so I just. I, blew... I saw it and I'm like, is that one of those weird English fruits that they make like a weird marmalade fruit spread out of that I don't know about? And I wasn't going to let it go, but then I was going to let it go, but then you're like, I've got one. I'm like, oh, I've got one too, but I don't. And I'm embarrassed. Well, I. Um, I, Once I again, guess I, I have thought a Harry Potter good... was real. <laughs> I guess I have a pretty good sense of which words are bullshit and which words are words. And that one, I think I blew past and was like, obviously that's garbage and I don't need to look it up. Great. That's great. Thanks. <laughs> sorry. Um, I sorry. You are. I, guess I think sorry. you are a dirty, dirty liar. I'm sorry that you got upset. Is that, you are. is that okay? I think you enjoy it. I think it tickled your fancy. Well, anyway. <laughs> Do you have anything else? Nothing. Well, I think then that was Death Readers. Uh, I'm Doug. I'm Rob. Thanks for listening. Thank you. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please rate and review on Apple Podcasts and follow us on Podbean. These reviews might seem silly, but they actually help us out a lot. Check us out on Twitter, at RealDeathReader. If you want more Death Readers content, there's more available by joining Death Readers Patreon at www.patreon.com slash deathreaders. If you hate us and want to tell us how terrible we are, please send all hate mail comments to our Reddit account, you slash deathreaders. What? Nothing, nothing. You're doing great. I'm just laughing to myself. It's fine. Well, laugh to yourself less. <laughs> okay. 225. Are you kidding me? There's something to talk about. 225. Are you kidding me?